Chapter Twenty Three of Stephen Mitchell's Journey by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Three: Blocking the Track. Before they went home that night, it had been arranged that there should be on the following Friday evening a religious service in the Mitchell dining room, and Stephen had promised to tell any neighbor who passed that way or with whom he came in contact and give the invitation it is out of my line he said with an awkward smile avoiding the minister's earnest eyes as he spoke but then i suppose i can do it i do not wonder that you are fond of mrs colchester helen the minister said as they rode home in the moonlight she is very pleasant and winning in her manner and helen like the wise woman that she was resisted the temptation to say i thought you would discover that there were other women in the world beside gertrude temple and held her peace the winter which a few months before had seemed to stretch endlessly ahead of mr ransom passed as if by magic he was so absorbed in his work and there was so much work to be done that he had no time to regret the holidays when they were fairly upon him although he had regretted them much in anticipation because of the contrast in his life with that of a year ago he even forgot the date of the last letter he wrote to gertrude temple and was so absorbed in preparations for the christmas tree for the hilton hill sunday school that he forgot to recall how he was occupied just a year before till some chance remark of helen's suggested that time and then he smiled somewhat sadly it is true over what he had taught himself to call his blighted past but the next minute he responded to stephen mitchell's call for help in fastening up the evergreen over the west window and forgot all about it by this time you know that a sunday school was started in the hilton hill neighborhood and i may as well tell you now that it was a success even sarah jane mitchell who thought she knew the neighborhood well declared one day that she didn't see where the children came from they seemed to spring up in the night as for the meetings started in the mitchell dining-room who shall tell what they had wrought from the very first mr ransom said speaking of them with deep feeling to an intimate friend long afterward from the very first the lord seemed to smile upon that effort do you remember how surprised we were over the number who came the first night and what a joy it was to hear mrs mitchell break the timid silence of years and pray before them all and how wonderful it was when flora ann came to a knowledge of herself and gave the wealth of her heart's love to jesus oh they were weeks to remember and the interest instead of dying out as the spring drew near seemed steadily to increase not only had the sunday school been started but a reading circle was organized and a young people's club that had the temperance pledge for its centre which pledge was signed by some who were least expected to take that stand in short as fanny bascom put it that stony old hilton hill neighborhood has become the fashion if you don't go out there to their prayer meetings and clubs and i don't know what all you don't amount to anything but despite all the good that had been wrought there was no denying the fact that some who had been prayed for most earnestly 
and reached after with most persistent effort, failed to be moved. Among these was Stephen Mitchell, the minister's special care and anxiety. "'I am greatly disappointed,' Mr. Ransom said to Mrs. Colchester. "'In fact, I may as well own that my faith has gotten a setback. I confidently looked for him as a first fruit. He interested me from the first time I ever spoke with him, and seemed fairly started on the road toward a better life even then.' he is improving very rapidly said mrs colchester sarah makes good progress and so indeed does flora but they are both slow compared with him you would be surprised mr ransom to see how rapidly he acquires that which he has set his mind upon learning which is by the way the explanation of your disappointment he has set his mind and heart upon acquiring knowledge in certain directions something or some one has roused in him the determination to become a skilled farmer and everything agricultural or anything which will tend toward agricultural knowledge is seized upon with avidity if the book or the person whoever it was who started him in this direction could have laid the other foundation first stephen would have been one for christ before now then the minister looked at her in a startled, troubled way. He remembered his first walk with Stephen when they went across lots to the Lucas place. He remembered distinctly the conversation which had been carried on. A few words he spoke for Christ at that time, surely he did. But he recalled with humiliation and pain that his special effort had been to arouse in Stephen an ambition to reconstruct the old farm, which had been for years so nearly a failure. The foundation work had been his. He knew he was responsible for having started Stephen in the direction in which he was pressing. He tried to find comfort in the thought of the sermon which he had preached, using Stephen's words. Certainly then he had tried very hard to lead the young man to a sense of his need of Jesus Christ, and the importance of making that the first work yes but the first impression was evidently the stronger and the first impression had been made in another direction that evening the minister went home troubled at heart but if stephen mitchell had been called as a witness and had been honest with himself he would have owned that enough had been said to lead him to understand fully the importance of choosing christ as his leader in the new life journey he meant to take he was simply another illustration of the power which is at work in the world, keeping people away from the road which they ought to travel, setting their wills against the decision which they ought to make. Stephen Mitchell could not have explained, even to his own satisfaction, why he was so persistent in his determination to avoid all decisions of this kind, why he should listen to Mr. Ransom's sermons with a view to getting every bit of information out of them which they could give, and shut his heart determinately against any call to himself, why he accepted, at Mrs. Colchester's gracious hand, assistance in writing, in reading, in the study of words, in the construction of sentences, and was grateful for it all, but turned from her almost rudely the moment she attempted to speak a word for the master whom she served 
why he met sarah jane halfway in all her improvements in the home and in her plans for future development but told her gruffly not to preach when she asked him if he had read the verse on the card which she had given him and if he didn't think it was about something which ought to be looked after nay he even turned coldly away from his mother one night after she had prayed for her children in the prayer meeting and told her heartlessly when she questioned him as to what was the matter that he didn't care about being prayed at he thought folks better keep such things to themselves oh there was no question but that stephen's conscience was enlightened enough and was being very much wrought upon it was his stubborn will which was blocking the track i don't understand him said sarah jane frankly to miss ransom he isn't a bit as i thought he would be why the first time the thing dawned upon me that i could have the lord jesus christ for my friend i was happy enough to shout do you remember when it was i was at your house that first three weeks and i wanted to come home right away and tell steve about it i thought i would only have to tell him how it was and he would take hold of it i never once thought that he would hang back from such a chance as that there was another who hung back from all the chances which might have redeemed his wrecked life that was jake lucas despite all their invitations and appeals he had not once attended the neighborhood prayer meetings nor been inside the little red schoolhouse after the sunday services were established there others of the lucas family had been reached and in a measure helped the little girls came regularly to sabbath school and were learning outward propriety of behavior at least miranda was quite a frequent attendant at the afternoon service and occasionally came to the midweek prayer meeting and was at least respectful when spoken to as to her personal interest or responsibility mrs colchester felt sure that she was thinking even poor worthless jim had lounged in once or twice of a sunday afternoon when he was less intoxicated than usual and had admitted to flora ann that the singing was fine and that maybe some time or other when he felt like it he would come again and the poor old mother weighed down with the sorrows of many years of disappointment and ill-treatment found a refuge at last and crept into it like a bruised soul in dire need of shelter but jake would have none of it would not even answer when asked to the meeting growled at his mother and swore at miranda for having anything to do with the canting hypocrites and threatened at last to knock the breath out of flora ann's body if she ever opened her head to him about any of them things again and in short steadily grew worse and worse as the spring opened it seemed folly to invite him to come to the meetings for he was rarely ever sober enough for them to have been of any avail i am afraid said the minister with a long-drawn sigh i am afraid jake is a hopeless case that miserable jim and the other one may possibly be reached they are better natured naturally than jake i have even hopes at times of the old sod of a father but i confess that it requires more faith to pray for jake than i seem able to exercise there is one who will pray for him as long as she has breath i think 
helen said with a grave smile the tenacity with which she holds on to that worthless brother is remarkable he is more cruel to her than he is to any of the others mrs mitchell confided to me last week that she hated to have the girl go home because her brother abused her so it was all true flora ann's bloodshot eye or bruised arm often told silently and eloquently the story of her wrongs yet she prayed on perhaps there was hardly one of the group for whom the winter had done more than it had for flora she was wonderfully changed wholesome food and enough of it eaten at regular intervals had rounded out her form and made her less hollow-eyed and hungry-looking then her dress though very poor and plain of course was always scrupulously neat nowadays and mrs colchester began to see to it that on sundays and extra days there were little brightening touches put to it which made a wonderful difference in the girl's appearance she had become skilled in many little household ways meantime and mrs mitchell did not hesitate to pronounce her real downright good help enough sight better than i had any kind of a notion she ever would be she is willing to learn and that's half the battle she was still very quiet and reserved speaking plainly her thoughts and feelings to no one but stephen whom she always looked upon as her first friend the one who had protected her unexpectedly from jake on that terrible midnight of her mother's sickness perhaps stephen listened to her more patiently than to any of the others because she never spoke to him of himself never seemed to realize indeed but that he was in all respects what he should be it was about jake that she poured out her anxieties why don't you let him alone steve asked her roughly though not unkindly he kicks you about as if you was a toad i wouldn't stand it he is just a worthless fellow too why not let him go oh i can't steve i can't there is something here she laid her hand on her heart which tells me to pray for him and pray and pray i guess if i knew he was going to kill me i should pray right on steve it is just an awful thing not to have him saved he is so bad worse than the rest you know worse than anybody around i heard a man say last night coming home behind me that jake lucas was the worst fellow in the neighborhood for miles around and it is so and he ought to be saved steve he could be so easy if he only would stephen did not believe this in his heart he even sneered at the idea of any one caring whether jake lucas was saved or not and as to it being easy to make a changed man of him nothing seemed more improbable huh he said in reply i wouldn't pester him about religion if i were you if the fellow could get sense enough to give up his whiskey and be halfway decent it would be all i would ask and enough sight more than i expect he added in muttered undertone as he strode away nevertheless his conscience troubled him had he not been called a champion of the lucas family what was he doing to further their interests for flora ann he had begun to have a very friendly brotherly sort of feeling 
he aided her in her laborious studies to the best of his ability and his ability was steadily growing still he was well aware that mrs colchester and the minister and his sister and even sarah jane herself were doing more for flora ann than he could as for the others of the family he was letting them severely alone what if he should induce jake to reform not to get religion he had no confidence in that for jake but to sign the pledge and let whiskey alone father did it he muttered to himself when in severest solitude father has let it alone this many a year and he didn't sign a pledge either jake could stop if he had a mind to of course what if there should be a way that i could coax him to do it and he half formed a purpose to try at the next opportunity not without an undertone wish that the opportunity might be long in coming and this state of mind perhaps any of us who had been hard pressed by conscience can understand but opportunities are not very hard to find and very often they come unsought stevens did not two hours after the conversation last recorded jake came lumbering over from the cabin to borrow a hoe he was more nearly sober than the morning often found him and he had a vague intention of trying to behave in a respectable manner to people who did not belong to his own family but if stephen had been skilled in the study of the human face he would have known that jake was very cross that every nerve was tingling with a desire for the liquor which he had no means of getting the only thing of which stephen thought was that here was his chance a rarer one than had come to him for months so far as jake was concerned if he actually meant business it ought to be improved he looked over toward the window of the upper back room which flora ann occupied and strengthened his resolution by remembering the prayer which had floated into him from the cracks in the wall only that morning oh lord jesus do please save jake you know you can if he will let you do please do something to make him let you yes said stephen you can have the hoe if you will bring it back i want to use it this afternoon and look here jake if i was you it appears to me i would turn over a new leaf now is as good a time as any jake turned upon him the most astonished pair of bloodshot eyes that he had ever seen but was apparently dumb with amazement so taking heart at the silence stephen went on if you would let whiskey alone jake you could be a decent fellow people would help you and would help your folks they need it bad enough the land knows it is just because people are discouraged about you that they don't try to do things for the family here is your mother with her sick spells coming oftener flora ann says she will go in one of them spells yet and then how will you feel certainly stephen had made an effort and done what was his best jake still stared at him but found voice at last to speak distinctly if i was you i would mind my everlasting own business you are a miserable little puppy that ain't worth the salt you eat on your potatoes and that get your very clothes out of other folks begging and fawning and whining around preachers and their set and then you undertake to turn preacher yourself you just mind your own business will you every time 
and he shouldered the hoe and strode off none too soon perhaps for there was a fierce light in stephen's eyes and his muscles were strong and firm if jake had known it his would-be helper had exercised a mighty self-control to keep from knocking him down as it was he trembled under the excitement of temptation he looked after jake with dangerous eyes but took no step to follow him in fact he stood perfectly still until the excitement had somewhat subsided then he said aloud and firmly well i have done it done my level best and it is the last time flora ann can pray forever if she is such a fool as to do it for all i shall try to help she might as well pray for that stump out there to split itself up into kindling wood it would never do it and he will never reform he don't want to nor mean to i have washed my hands of the whole of them no he didn't mean flora ann there was a mental reservation concerning her the truth is he was separating her in his mind as far as possible from the lucas family she was beginning to be classed with the mitchell family then this illogical young man took an axe and proceeded with strong powerful strokes to demolish and make into kindling wood the very stump which had served him as an illustration if he had only understood enough of theology to realize the force of his own worked-out illustration it was true that the great stump could never make itself into kindling wood but a power outside of and superior to itself could and did End of chapter 23